and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iteria and Trachonitis. Tra- <laughs> that sounds like a disease. <laughs> Trachonitis. Wait, Trachonitis. Oh, okay, I was running, right. Running barefoot on a track. Yeah, your foot gets inflamed. Oh my gosh, you got trachonitis again? I got trachonitis! <laughs> ah! Okay, uh, okay, Abilene. Alright, cool, cool, cool. Annas, right? Is it Annas and Caiaphas? Yeah. Okay. I want to get this all out of the way here. Alright, cool, so we're set. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the director of Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in, again, rainy San Diego. And my name is My Little Sonia, and I'm the youth minister here. And Jackie is not with us on the podcast today, but uh, she'll be back with us next week during the third week of Advent. Um, but fret not, uh, she told us that it is snowing, it has snowed eight inches in Japan, and they're expecting another eight three inches. inches today. And she sent us a point to highlight uh, that she wants to highlight from the gospel. So Jackie will have her point. We'll each have ours. Um, but first we need to start with our fun, silly opening segment uh, where we take our two favorite fun fact segments, which were fun facts about Japan, which is our first fun fact segment that we had uh, in the podcast, and fun facts about George Tremaine, who is my almost five-month-old son, the most recent fun fact segment, where we don't choose one, but just merge them into one big fun fact segment we like to call George Pan Venn Diagram. Finding the similarities and differences, but mostly similarities, almost exclusively, between fun facts about George and fun facts about Japan. So, mm-hmm. Maya has the Japan fun fact for today. All right, buckle down, folks. This one's wild. <laughs> it's, okay, so you know how the Portuguese quote unquote, discovered Japan, you know, as Europeans do. And the British were, went over there and it's like, ah, let's see uh, let's see what these Portuguese guys are up to. And they kept hearing that they were calling it um, Japan or like Japan. <laughs> and the first time Japan was ever written in English with Roman letters in English, it was spelled, ready for this? G-E-O hyphen Pan, P-A-N. And so this is kind of crazy because it's kind of like a meta George Pan, George Pan Venn diagram. So the similarity is that they both, that they've been together from the start. <laughs> well, that you they have say each other's the first, names. The first time <laughs> George's struggling. name was written in Roman letters, it started G-E-O. R-G-E. Oh, A. So both Japan and George... The first time they were written in Roman letters were written G-E-O as the first three We should letters. just rename the segment the Joe... Joe Pan. Joe, Joe, Joe Pan. <laughs> oh, man, that would be even more derivative than it already is. I mean... Well, the judges always appreciate a history lesson. Right. They all have... Uh, his, they were all history majors at the University of Washington. So, uh, they're all giving us thumbs up. Even the one from Sweden. Uh, and they really appreciated that one. So that's another win for Maya and Jackie and I. And you're welcome. All of you listening to the podcast, and really for George and Japan, really a win. Right. So everyone listening gets thirteen and a half uh, gold coins. Oh, cookies this yeah. year. Yeah, we have a lot of cookies. And a half cookies <laughs> go out to each and every one of you. Uh, don't expect them ever anytime soon. <laughs> 
so that's our George Pan for this week, uh, where we found another similarity between fun facts about George and fun facts about Japan. And now we are going to move on to the gospel. And we are in the second week of this new lectionary year, lectionary year C. Uh, every lectionary year starts anew in Advent, and we are in the second week of Advent. Uh, Christmas is on a Tuesday this year, so we've got... Um, Last Sunday was Advent 1, this Sunday is Advent 2, which is Sunday, December 9th, and then we've got two more Sundays before uh, Christmas. So it's kind of a short Advent. It's longer than a couple years ago when Advent 4 was on a Sunday. That's the shortest it could be. Um, but our reading from this week is from the Gospel of Luke, as are all of the Gospel readings this Advent, as year C, which is the lectionary year we're in, is Luke's Gospel year. So Maya is going to read the Gospel for this Sunday, which is Luke 3, verses 1 through 6, and then we are each going to highlight a, a uh, part of the Gospel that we hope you incorporate into your faith discussions this week. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iteria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around, around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Hmm. Um, so, interesting, we're going to start with some context here, because it's, it's funny because, the, like we said last week, these Advent readings are... Advent readings. They are not Christmas readings. So mm -hmm. we don't hear the story of Christmas, of like the nativity of Jesus, until Christmas Eve. So we're going to hear about like the, the, the things leading up to that, but we don't actually hear the story of Jesus' birth until Christmas Eve. Interestingly, though, mm -hmm. uh, this reading comes after Jesus' birth uh, in the Gospel of Luke. So this is from Luke chapter 3. This is the transition point into Jesus' baptism and then off into off and running into Jesus' adult ministry. So it's, it's interesting because it brings us back to our emphasis of Advent, which is about preparation and waiting and expectation. And so we're getting, it's like jumping ahead in the gospel past Jesus' birth as John the Baptist preaches about the coming of one that will bring salvation, the coming of God's salvation into the right. world. But not his birth, but his ministry. Exactly. And so we're going to celebrate the, that part of that coming into the world in Jesus' birth, but there's this whole other big part of it, which is Jesus' life, you know. Yeah. And, and, and it's like the two big things that happen in the church year are Christmas and Easter. So Jesus' birth and Jesus' death. But There's we forget a whole all lot these other, going on. But if we just focus on those, we lose... What we lose the implications for salvation of not just his incarnation and death on the cross and, and resurrection, but of what he did and taught and 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 created in his life. So it's I think that um, 
the the placement of this reading, bef- kind of rearranging it so that this is coming in the middle of Advent, it shows us a different em- different emphasis of this particular reading. Just saying, like, there is like this big cosmic aspect to Jesus to the incarnation and to Jesus's work, what, however we understand that to be. But there's also this like very personal, intimate, individual aspect to it and that we can that we can read it in both of those very intimate and very transcendent ways at the same time and don't have to pick one um, because this time of advent is is really a time of like self-reflection preparation growing and awareness cleansing as well and like discarding yeah. the things that are unnecessary or in your way or in god's way and making in his plan for you and then just like clearing the path just right. getting rid and of all that gunk right that's exactly what john is saying is like repent you know repent in greek is is metanoia and it means turn like like reorient yourself it doesn't mean like feel bad about the bad things you've done it's just like become aware of which way you're facing mm-hmm. and offer yourself like you are invited to reorient yourself as you become aware right so that well that kind of gets to Jack Jackie's point because Jackie sent me um, a synopsis of her of what struck her about this gospel reading. She says, "Quote something that I not David Jackie something that Jackie something that I was struck by with this reading was all the context. It's sometimes hard to balance how much context is helpful, but it's also important to have some context." Context for what we say, context for why we do what we do, context for that clickbait article title. Advent draws us into an opportunity to be aware of our surroundings and our context. That is how we can grow deeper in our faith, to know what drives us and what feeds us. So there's a couple things that she's saying, she's highlighting there. One is all the, con- what it brought up for me was all the context of this actual gospel reading. Because there's so much historical context oh, yeah, that Luke's put into yeah. it. So he's, it, it locates it in this very specific time, this very specific social situation, this very specific Greek, Roman Empire with these specific dynamics going on. But we all operate in a very specific context. Right, you know, like, like I'm Maya and I live in San Diego in 2018. Yeah. yeah. And with all the social dynamics that that comes with. Not just political, but then they mention the religious leaders. Yeah. And it's like, I'm a Christian, which is, right. well, I'm an Episcopalian, oh. which is Christian, which is, you know. So there's so much of, so there's so much to growing in awareness and just like our, our context and how we are situated within our context. But also what I hear her saying is that we are invited to grow and an awareness of our motivations mm-hmm. and like that this time the time of advent is time is a time of like quiet reflection uh where we can do that work of preparation and 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 what preparation preparation means to jackie in this in this context is become aware of why we do what we do like instead of saying instead of just like we said about that word repent instead of being like oh man i did i do this thing that hurts me or hurts somebody else i hate myself for doing that that's not the invitation of advent the invitation of advent is to say i am hurting myself or hurting someone else or this whatever behavior or action i'm doing is pain is causing some kind of suffering and instead of saying well shame on me it's 
hmm, why, why is that? Why am I doing that? Or examining Where the is context that examination, and then re- yeah. ex- repositioning yourself and realigning yourself exactly. to readily fit the true context of your life right. and re- what you were meant to do. Reorienting and like growing in perspective. So that it's like we can locate ourselves in a larger narrative mm-hmm. and align ourselves accordingly. And that's one of the great. That's one of like the great outcomes of following the lectionary and re- and reading the Bible on a regular yes. basis. Is not so you can learn more Bible passages, but so you can, can we can all continue to connect our stories to this larger narrative of God's work in the world, and that's right. happening all the time and in everywhere. context. Yeah. So. That, that kind of goes into your thing, right, yeah. David? So my mine um, is about this quote from Isaiah. Yeah. Uh, it's from, so when in this gospel, what happens a lot in a lot of the gospels is that the gospel writers quote uh, passages from the Hebrew scriptures. And Matthew will do it a lot, and you can tell that he's doing it in Matthew's gospel because he'll say, uh, as it was written, like, Jesus did this to fulfill what the prophecy said when it was written this, and then he quotes it. So there's kind of like a formula. Um, But this is often what accompanies um, John's proclamation in the wilderness in preparation for Jesus' baptism. Uh, As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, quote, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. So that is a quote from Isaiah 43 through 5. And uh, so it's uh, so Luke, the gospel writer of Luke, and then John uh, in the story are trying to put G- what is about to happen, the thing that is coming, because Advent means like arrival, like something is coming, we're the waiting Advent, for something uh, yeah. to come. Uh, it's from Latin, and um, so it's like Isaiah was talking in Isaiah's context about something coming, some like preparing the way of the Lord to come, and so John is connecting that to his work of preparing, preparing the world for Jesus to come. Um, but we are also called in our context to prepare ourselves in this season for the coming of Jesus in. Uh, at Christmas time, but the interesting thing to me about this quote is that um, you know in the in Greek and Hebrew, the original languages did not have punctuation marks. So like if you look at a original early 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 manuscript of Greek, it's just a whole bunch of uppercase letters with no spaces in between even, much less punctuation. Wow. So you just kind of knew how to read it. That must have been so much fun. Yeah. Um, so all of the punctuation, the periods, the question marks, the quotation marks, the colons, the semicolons, those were all added later as people started translating. And now if you look at a Greek manuscript, they've put in punctuation to line up with where it has gone in in the translations of the English. But again, it wasn't there in the beginning. The same thing for Hebrew. And so this is a this the voice of one crying out in the wilderness uh, this is a quote from Isaiah, which was written in Hebrew, and so this is written in Greek in the Gospels. And the interesting thing is that even in this same version, this same translation of the Bible, the New Revised Standard Version, there's different punctuation in this quotation of Isaiah than there is in Isaiah, if you flip the Bible back to the book of Isaiah. Right. So 
That's really interesting. Yeah, so here it says, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, right? Colon. Right. And then the voice is saying, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every right. valley shall be filled. And, and the voice mountain. is located in the wilderness. Right. Like because, person... because John is in the wilderness, and he's the one crying out, right. prepare you the way of the Lord. But... But in Isaiah, mm. the punctuation is in a different place. So it says, what it says in Isaiah is, the voice of one crying out, colon. And in then the, the quote is, in the wilderness Ooh. prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. Oh my. So, I just, I love that distinction because it it gets back to this, like, individual effort of preparation, you know, of, of what we're being called to do here. And, and instead of saying, and so we can read this, again, in cosmic terms of, like, preparing the world, like, preparing an actual, like, pathway and, like, on this big scale, but also bringing it down to the individual imminent level of ourselves is how are we preparing the way of the Lord making making the Lord's path straight in our lives in our in ourselves in our context and what Isaiah says is the voice of one crying out quote in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord that it is in the wilderness when we like go out the wilderness is this place where it's kind of uncomfortable there's a lot of unknowns it's it's not in our regular comfort zone it's like out into a place we don't usually go. And I often find that when I like sit quietly and don't fill my brain with television or screens or computers or like all the hustle bustle of life, you know, like all the you – know, I'm doing a lot of things with my hands right now. The, I'm just like showing – my hands are like moving around me like I'm, I've got like a lot of things stacked around me because that's what it feels like. It feels you like, like you're a little there's, bat. It feels like there's all this stuff like, like built up around me. You know what I mean? Like yeah, all like of my order. obligations and all of like the stuff that I own right. and but all the things I want to do. But like if you slate. like just left all that and went out into the wilderness, that's where we are prepared. And that's what Advent is. Advent is a time of quietness, of like removing non like slowly being non attached to those things that we think we need. And it's so countercultural because the season of Christmas on Oy. like a societal level is the exact opposite. It's all about the stuff you don't have. Like, right. it's all about getting more stuff, you know? But it's in the wilderness when we, like, strip all that stuff away. That's when we can be prepared as vehicles through which Jesus can come into the world. Kind of leads into my next point, because I'm changing my point, David. I'm going rogue. Hit, hit. Um, <laughs> it's all flesh shall see the salvation of God. And I think this is very interesting, especially... I 100% agree uh, David's with David's point about the making way for the world, like making a path in the wilderness, being somewhat more of a personal individual call for our own spiritual journey and in our lives. But <laughs> I also think that that very last line about all flesh shall see the salvation of God, it's even though that means everyone and that yeah. means even the people not doing the work. Yeah. And I can be really resentful in certain situations when it's like, I'm clearing all the paths and, and here you guys are. And so they're yeah. also going to get this healing, even though they're not doing the work. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not just the people doing this work that will see this leveling out. Yeah. You know, it's everyone will be getting 
this healing, but the but the difference is is that I feel like there's so it's so much more rewarding aside from the promise of salvation, but just putting the work in is uh, a lot more fulfilling. Yeah. But I think it it blows it back up to the universality mm-hmm. of the of the of God's promise mm-hmm. to humankind. Mm-hmm. It's it's an individual call, but for universal peace and salvation, mm-hmm. and it's the work and toil that you put into this won't just benefit you. It will benefit the people you love, the yeah. people you know, and the people you don't know, and the people you hate. Right. And it it is the, it's not just for you, mm-hmm. you know. It's a call to you individually, but it's going to benefit everyone ever who's ever had flesh and whoever will have flesh for eternity. Yeah, I like that a lot. And it makes me think, like, about my own feeling when I get when I get frustrated just with in my relationships with people and wanting to be like, oh, why aren't they like why aren't they doing why aren't they trying harder? They really need to you know? clear some why, paths. Yeah. Like and it's just another way of being becoming being humbled, you mm-hmm. know, of being like it's not about them. They're like no one else I all I can all I can stay in your life. All I can do is my yeah, is my own thing. And like I'm not, and like you said, though, I'm not just doing it so that I can say I've done it and you haven't. Or I'm saved. And you're not. I'm like, I'm doing it for the whole of creation. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, it's, just, it's, it's a perfect way of, like, going into that tension of universal and individual, of imminent and transcendent. It's like, yes, I'm doing it individually, but on it is a universal thing that I'm taking part, taking part mm-hmm. in individually. Right. Like, God is doing this in everything, and I am h- hoping to become aware of how it's happening in me. But and, like, knowing tapping it is, into it. Yeah, I'm tapping, I'm, like, tapping, I'm putting a toe in the water of the universe, of, mm-hmm. like, the flow of the universe. I'm not the flow. No. Like, it doesn't just flow through me. I'm just taking part in a, like, a bigger flow. And you can't say that no one else is experiencing it the right way or the way that you are. Right. It's, no, people are experiencing it in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe they're not experiencing it at all, but you can't be like, hey, you. Yeah. Come get in here, you know. (laughs) So I think we have three points. Pretty good. Um, The first point was about context and about growing in awareness of why we do what we do and that the season of Advent is an invitation to do that work. Uh, The second one following from it was mine about um, that work being done in the wilderness and in the wilderness being that time in this season of being quiet and, and kind of stripping away all those things that clutter our experience of ourselves and of the world and allowing our path, allowing ourselves to be prepared as a pathway for the light of God to come into the world. Um, not just on Christmas, but on every day, all throughout the year. All day, every day. All day, every day. And then uh, Maya's was about um, salvation and the universality in this I quote from Isaiah of all flesh being part of sal- the salvation of God. And that we are all called to do this work and at the same time, we're not doing it individually, but just taking part in a universal truth of salvation and healing for the world. Mm-hmm. So Maya is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new this time through. In the 15th year of the reign of the emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee, 
and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iterea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough way shall be made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. All right, that's our episode for this week of December 9th, also Advent 2. Uh, like every week, our Faith to Go resources are based on that gospel reading we just talked about, and they are available for all ages of children um, for, for you to have faith discussions throughout your week at home. Uh, you can check out all of those Faith to Go resources at www.myfaithtogo.org, uh, where you can also sign, uh, subscribe to our weekly email that comes out every Sunday. You can follow us on Instagram at faith to go and you can uh, send us a, you can email us a question or a comment or a story from your week of faith discussions to faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org. Uh, and make sure to rate and review this podcast to help other people find it. Uh, thanks everybody again for listening, and we will be back in your feed next week for Advent 3. But until then, goodbye everyone. Later.